This transmission is coming to you from deep in the jungles of central Maine. You are about to get high on spirit. Let me try this again. Cheers, my friend. Welcome to our podcast, High on Spirit. Today we're going to be discussing, is plant medicine right for you? And how does one determine that for themselves, right? So if you haven't met us before, my name's Koharlan. Dylan. And uh, we'll be discussing plant medicine, consciousness, expansion, uh, self-transformation, and all sorts of strange topics that uh, we find interesting and hope to share with you. So uh, on today's, though, particular topic, you know, uh, we had a lot of people wondering specifically, you know, what about plant medicine? It's really become a hot topic these days almost, you know, and a lot of people are, uh, are talking about it because some of the laws have changed and things like that. And so we thought it would be a good idea to uh, derive from our own experience and insight and uh, see if we can help to answer some of those questions that people have. So first of all, let's just start by like, you know, what are plant medicines? What do we mean when we're talking about plant medicine, like specifically? Anything that grows out of the ground. Anything or, that grows. Uh, even if it's growing in the ground, really, but growing of the earth that's not an animal, basically. <laughs> and we'll, we're going to keep our, you know, conversation mostly uh, geared towards the psychedelic plant medicines, such as, you know, psilocybin, magic mushrooms, um, dimethyltryptamine, which uh, is found in ayahuasca and other uh, seeds and roots uh, and, throughout and, the world. And the psychedelic feeling or the, the, the feeling of enlightenment and interconnectedness that can come from communing with anything in the plant world. The mere act of connecting one's heart to any plant will invoke uh, the space of deep trance. So this is something I think that, you know, anyone who does gardening um, or even small-scale farming and things is uh, apt to be familiar with. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the kind of thing that, you know, we're, we were taught to, you know, wipe away as like the, the fairy that ran through the corner of your eye that it wasn't there, you know, but maybe it was. Hmm. Perhaps, indeed. I've often wondered. Yeah, those dragonflies and things, sometimes they seem to change shape momentarily. Anyhow, uh, you know, as people start to wonder, you know, about plant medicine and exploring, you know, some of the, uh, you know, different uh, alkaloids and things that have this capacity to tremendously alter our consciousness, right? Uh, how would they know? How is someone going to know if if this might be the right path for them? I suppose if they're considering it, you know, they're interested. They're being called from the plants themselves, or from their ancestors, or from the collective calling of the earth to remember to remember health. Yes, I agree, man. That's uh, that's very poignantly put. And it does definitely seem like, you know, when there's interest, 
there's a reason for that interest. Yeah, right? the interest is not for nothing. Beyond one's own mind. There's, Always. The yeah. mind is a receiver. And you can almost feel a pull, right? You can kind of, you can. I mean, you can feel a pull towards it if you're sensitive. And, uh, and often, though, there's <clears throat> trepidation that also comes along with it. There's fear that it brings up, right? Because, you know, of our cultural conditioning <clears throat> and inherent, I think inherently, there's a sense of fear whenever we embark on, um, you know, a journey of that magnitude. And we don't know what we'll discover or uncover and how we'll deal with it or manage it. So that that uh, can bring up some stuff and it may just ward someone off from the journey altogether. You know, I've definitely talked to a number of people where they were like, oh, explain this thing to me. You know, what is what is DMT? And I start to describe, you know, uh, um, my uh, understanding of it and experience with it. And they're just like, oh, God, no, I would I never want to do that. That sounds horrible. You know, <laughs> because, you know, it's also like, you know, there is the mindset oftentimes of, you know, just wanting to be comfortable in what we know and being safe there. Uh, so in that sense, it may not be for everyone. But in another sense, I think everyone could potentially nearly everyone could potentially benefit from. Well, some... I mean, DMT is something that anyone that can allow themselves to connect to their heart to a meditative state is something that we're always producing we're all we're always releasing it uh, to some to some extent but we have the, the monooxyamine inhibitors you know that that are in our gut about fear like these and these are real enzymes that our body produces all the time that, you know the part of our experience of yoga and transformation is learning to stop the release of the fear-based enzymes that break down DMT. Oh, like okay. as the, the yogis of any tradition, whether they're of plant traditions or whether they're of traditions that don't necessarily consume DMT, they're on that same path. You know, healing the microflora in your gut. And as that takes on a state of union and cohesion with the rest of your system, then the heart opens up. And then you're you're allowed to like live in this other world. Interesting. So I do know from my experimentations in like uh, you know going into the dark for extended periods of time, you know, in total darkness and meditating and things, um, that you know the sort of chemical pathway of DMT being you know produced in the body endogenously, right, is like from melatonin converts to uh, tryptophan. From tryptophan to serotonin. I'm pretty sure this is the pathway. And then once, so once we have a copious enough amount of serotonin built up in our system, then that allows for uh, enough leftover to be, you know, converted into DMT, which serotonin is, you know, one of the precursors to DMT. Sure, but it's not necessarily a linear process, though, either. Like it, it so, looks that way when you look at mm -hmm. it in a map. Like okay. we can, any, any form of glucose you can make into tryptophan and serotonin and then a more complex tryptamine, mm -hmm. uh, such as dimethyltryptamine. The really interesting thing about serotonin to me is every plant on, on the earth, in the earth, every mushroom, we're all using serotonin the same way and we all make it. It, it is a, and the, the Gaia herself, when she, developed the ability to make serotonin she used it pervasively through the neural net 
and it's the most, to, to our ability at this point in science, it's our most uh, antioxidant compound. And this is really relevant because we are all rusting, so to speak. We are oxidizing. Okay, yeah, bring it down getting to, for, old. for the common and man. Because so <laughs> when we get younger, uh -huh. we're, you know, in getting younger, we are actually, you know, allowing the DMT or the serotonin to be more pervasive in our system. Because, like, when you're getting old faster, you're depressed. And, and that, that whole thing is an antioxidant, or, or rather an oxidative cycle. Mm -hmm. It's something that your, your, your whole, it, it's felt in all of your systems. Okay, like you said, rusting uh, yeah, from the inside. Yeah. And, and the, the, the transverse of that is when you're eating any fresh plant, any green plant, you know, any phytochemical that's got vibrancy in it, electricity of the earth, it's reversing that cycle. Hmm. And, and, and at the pinnacle of that cycle is like after we go through serotonin, like then the earth needed to modulate a, another level of consciousness. And, and you see that DMT occurs in nature in the places where humans have disturbed her, in the riparian zones, along the roadways, in the places where there needs to be a new thought. That's where the Earth spontaneously creates DMT in, in the plants, in abundance. So what, what is it that DMT can help with in, then, in, that, in that sense? So how is it, or in, in other plant medicines, what is it exactly specifically that they are able to help with? A, a different view. Okay. You know, it, it's like uh, as you're floating down the river and you get stuck in an eddy or a mental loop of some, some extent, and like this is a, a whole different trajectory, you know. There, there aren't limitations. So who could benefit from exploring these? You know, someone who is looking to uh, overcome trauma, in my experience, for sure. Um, to, to heal, to deeply be able to heal um, from past trauma, right? Uh, also, it uh, has the capacity to awaken the heart, as you were speaking about, so which, which helps us to uh, sort of disconnect from being so identified and stuck in the thinking mind, right? And being able to settle into the body embody oneself more deeply and function from here yes so that there's a heart awakening that often happens even with uh even with lsd which is not a typical plant medicine although it's a tryptamine right uh, it comes from plants. it does come from plants yeah it's just been altered um so yeah there's generally a felt sense of opening of the heart which people often you know report and an expansion there and it often, I think that also generates uh, capacity to transform whatever material comes up, you know, whatever shadow material or, you know, from the trauma, you know, that may be suppressed, you know, or being held on to, or like you were saying, kind of like only being seen in one way. And so having that shift of perspective, this opening that happens simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you mind if I interject? No, not at all. It's the, just saying, the, yes, the part freedom. about the uh, the shadow is very interesting as it reflects upon the phytochemistry story here. Like uh, 
if you look into what is the best plant medicine for uh, fighting these very nasty bacteria, the ones that science can't fight, the staph, the lime, all these spirochete bacteria that they're so intelligent that they have learned to tap, they've learned to run when they're being tested for. And they've learned to change themselves faster than science can make antibiotics for them. Mm -hmm. the, the strongest plant medicine that they've found is the complex of the harmaline alkaloids that's found in ayahuasca. Ah, okay. And they actually say that, that there's something in these harmaline molecules that it goes into the deepest parts of our body. Like, into our ligaments, into our tissues, into like your kneecaps. Okay, just to break it down tissue. real quick um, for the viewers and listeners. So, harmaline and other uh, harmaline alkaloids, right? Like harmine. Yeah. They are, uh, we got some guests here. <laughs> they are uh, uh, derivatives of the, the ayahuasca drink, right? Which it's the MAO inhibitor. They are portion. the MAO inhibitor portion. Of it. Yeah. Uh, and just a brief history about it, like you know, these compound, these these uh, these compounds were found in plants about 800 miles apart. You know, in the in the jungles. You know, far well, far grow, apart. They uh, grow right next to each other oh, now. Do they? Okay. Yeah. Now they do. Okay. I think they probably always I, did. I had heard about that oh, initially yeah? in certain, huh. like in in a culture. Yeah. Uh, one of the you know one of the first uh, maybe. Mayan cultures uh -huh. that was using it um, that we know about. Uh -huh. um, well, if they chased had to it cross back to these incredibly, land, like incredibly know, great distances yeah. in order to, to find yeah. these two substances and bring them I together. I mean that there there is a thing about how if you track back the story of where humans learned about plants it doesn't matter if you're learning about a plant right now or it was in our ancient past it's always something that comes from the dream space and it's something that comes from this space that's far outside of understanding but i have heard this story in recent times of people going deep into the forest and finding a new plant there was for a medicine that they needed hmm. So it, it, it is believable, it, it is. But, but I have seen them growing right near themselves in the wild too. The ayahuasca and, and chacruna. Chacruna. Well, that's good to know, man. Thank you for uh, clearing up that myth. <laughs> that's what we're about here. You know, we're about clearing up myths. Uh, we're about, you know, disseminating uh, the best information we possibly can give because there, there's a lot of questions surrounding this. And, you know, there's a lot of information out there, but, you know, it may not be of necessarily the highest quality or give the greatest insight. So, you know, we're hoping to fill a gap here in any case, provide some sort of a, you know, uh, an answer to some of these questions like, you know, people are asking, where do I find quality information that I can rely upon? You know, who do I trust concerning these matters? You know. And uh, it, it's really about self-trust. That's really what it is. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like if you are led, or like I say, if you're feel that pull towards a certain um, form of medicine, you know, or teacher, um, or uh, organization and things that you feel you resonate with, and that probably is a good indicator. But then again, always use your discernment.
And uh, the heart is a good way of checking in with that, right? The heart doesn't lie. And that's it, you know, the, that's a trick that I was taught by Stephen, you know, to get out of your mind, just ask how it feels. How does it feel? And you can use it at any point in the day. It, it, it shifts the mode of awareness back to the feeling organ. Yeah, activates the vagus nerve. It draws you out of the mental thinking level, which is where we get stuck, you know. It's just what happens is oftentimes when we're confronted with emotion, intense, intense emotion from, you know, trauma or just even the day-to-day, you know, drama of life, the struggle that sometimes we, we face, you know. It's, we're all going to face struggle at various times, you know. Um, and so being able to uh, have a method or a way of working with these emotions and things and this intensity when it comes up is really... Uh, it's it's life-changing because it empowers you to know that there's nothing that you have to fear within and which once that is awakened like in my experience as that's been more and more awakened in me uh, that going into these journeys and and conducting this healing at deeper levels is possible because uh, even though it may be uncomfortable and difficult right Um, I know that it's uh, it won't overtake me necessarily because I am uh, adept enough at working with it, at sitting within it, you know. And this comes from being able to rest within the heart, right? And you're comfortable like, with it. Now. Yeah, yes, for sure. But if you're trying to manage it from up here in the thinking mind level, it's a constant battle, mm-hmm. you know. So... I guess a couple other questions. Well, let's let's talk about if there are there any dangers of plant medicines. Obviously, if there's a toxic load, then one would need to be mindful of overdose, right? I mean, people should start slow. I mean, in in reference to you know microdosing, you know, it, it is a good place to start with just taking less than you think you need and seeing how it feels. Um, The vine ayahuasca without DMT or any sort of additive plant is completely legal and serves an amazing function uh, in bringing us back to our hearts and as a nutritional supplement, as an antibacterial, as a mind opener, and as a building of relationships with the plant world, you know, and it, it's something that could be taken on the, the regular. Um, you know, I have friends in the jungle that drink a tea of the leaves uh, on the daily and they consider it to be a, a tonic, similar to how someone would think of drinking some ginseng or uh, maybe a nice cup of tea. Okay. Hmm. And now that would be just be with, uh, with the inactive well, well, it's I'm not inactive. It's well, it, 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 I mean, the, the harmoning yes, be, complex be, uh, and the plant and the whole energy of, of ayahuasca herself. It, she is very active, but it, it's it's without any of the the activating the psychedelic aspect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and this it, is very interesting too because one of the things that I'll relate from my own mm-hmm. uh, limited experience with ayahuasca, right, and and uh, it sort of. 
Um, it relates to psilocybin in a sense too, but there was a felt sense of a presence there that mm-hmm. was, uh, that was, um, you know, integrating, you know, communing, guiding, uh, supporting, supporting yeah. deeply, loving, yeah. loving me. And, uh, it's, it's something quite profound, you know, to, uh, to have that experience. It's, it's, you can't really put it into words uh, fully, you know, when, uh, when we reflect upon it. But um, just going back to the benefit of, uh, you know, potential benefit of what this journey might have to offer for someone is putting yourself into contact with that presence that so many people are seeking you know mm-hmm. so many people are seeking it but they don't realize that they can actually have it here and now and they think it's for the afterlife mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so they're waiting or they're they're working towards it and things but this has the ability to give you the direct experience and then you know what some people sort of uh poo poo psychedelics you know because of um they'll say, well, it's just an experience, you know, it comes and goes. But it radically alters your consciousness in the way that you perceive. And this continues, uh, maybe, maybe only subtly for some, but oftentimes it's a very radical shift and it stays with us forever, right? And yeah. this, this uh, can be quite a good thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the intergen, as uh, Jonathan Ott coined the frame, phrase, uh, awakening the divine within. Yes, entheogen, that's very good. Theo, right, from the Latin theos of yeah. God. And en, in, right, yeah. inside, God within. Yeah. God within, entheogen. So yes, that's what these molecules or forms of medicine uh, that we have been fortunate enough to discover have to offer us Um, as far as any further dangers yeah I agree with you too it's just uh, have immense respect that is so indispensable because it will uh, insulate you from most of the dangers yeah Well, that's been a fantastic uh, conversation. I'm glad we were able to have this man. I, I'd like to see if our viewers have any questions also or listeners that may, they may want to propose as well. So if you have any questions, um, feel free to please do, you know, uh, post it in a comment and uh, we will surely address it. We look forward to uh, speaking with you guys and having more conversations in the future. Um, but yeah, you know, for, is there, is there any question that you can think of for the viewers today? Um, well, I mean, is there anything that, that you're particularly interested in relation to this topic? I mean, there's lots of places we can go here. 
and uh, and where to where to dive in, you know, um, in in terms of like these plants that have a strong ability to shift our ability to have gratitude and live without pain. Um, <laughs> The, the one that's really coming of interest to me and calling me strongly right now is this one called Calamus. It um, grows wildly, probably all over the world. It was a biblical um, and uh, is probably the, the most concentrated in, in these strong entheogenic alkaloids of, of any plant that I know of that's growing a wild around here. And uh, it seems like it's, it's, its potency is and its bitterness very well suited for microdosing. Uh, by microdosing, I just mean like chewing a small piece of the root and letting it slowly absorb into your gums and noticing how your perceptual awareness and energy shifts as this root is absorbed into your body. Um, because it, it's very drastic in how she shifts our ability to relate to the subtle fields and uh, our ability to have some, I don't want to say control, but it feels like that at times. You know, it's almost like that she gives us some form of control to let us know that the conversation is active. Sure, okay, almost like a, an increase in one's ability to focus, let's say. Yeah, yeah. and and a focus on the either the auric world, like the energy world, or like see a deeper part of that than, than was present before, um, or that a relationship with the plant world, um, rather animal world, like the animals as they come into my awareness through the thoughts that I'm having while calamus is in my being, um, is much more drastic and profound. The the first time I harvested calamus, I remember seeing more ravens than I can count hmm. that whole day. And at particular times when my field would settle in to some sort of conversation with the world around me, with the, with the natural world, with the plants, with the river. And uh, so I, I offer that up to the viewers to um, settle in, you know, to try out calamus or, you know, if that's not directly around you, try out micro-dosing any sort of plant that's around you. All the grasses contain small amounts of DMT. The ones that grow real tall, where the water is a little bit more vibrant, most of those are in a Phalaris family grass that contain a little bit more DMT. And just sucking on that a little bit does allow that energy to be in there. It's not going to be so strong that it's overwhelming or whatnot. And certainly there's a, an ability of like active imagination that may need to be in there. But it's there. And then as viewers sink deeper into that, you can have a little bit of the, the ayahuasca family alkaloids in your system, which could come from the vine or they could come from... There's lots of plants that grow in everyone's environment. Mm -hmm. The St. John's. So, Lord like you're saying, building that relationship. Building the relationship to the plants that are growing around you and, mm -hmm. and in settling into like knowing that she's. In knowing, you know, I, I don't want to put too many more words on it because it's everyone's own experience. But as there's a, a comfortable thing there, 
as you feel comfortable with a friend, as you feel comfortable with these plants, then the doubts fade away. And, you know, the work can be done... From that level of comfortability yeah. and ease, yeah, yeah, from the heart level, so... Well, that's a great tip, man. There's a couple of good tips there. I was going to say the tip of the day was the calamus, but uh, you threw another one in there as well. So, yeah, guys, look and gals, look into uh, calamus in your area or, you know, discover more about that for yourself. And then also start to build a relationship with the plants in your environment. Thank everyone for listening. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Thanks. This has been fun. And uh, we look forward to doing more of these. Also, the question of the day is, what are your questions about plant medicine? Submit those questions. You know, uh, we'll, we'll be happy to uh, do our best to field whatever you, know, you throw at us. Um, and if uh, we come across something that we don't know about, by all means, we'll be damn sure to explore it. <laughs> yeah if someone's like hmm well what about uh oh what's that what's that plant from africa iboga iboga yes the iboga i don't know about that one one for another episode yeah. one for another episode all right well fantastic we'll see you soon see how long five files up so probably yeah it had to been in 20 minutes 20 some minutes which is good I mean we could do we could go on for days <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Good. Oh, yeah let me stop this one